Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Tons going on, as there is every day. But I, this headline caught my attention. I said, "Did you ever think you'd read a headline like this, ladies and gentlemen? Did you ever think you'd read a headline like this?" Washington Times: Lawmakers seek solutions to tampon shortage. Lawmakers seek solutions to tampon shortage. Tampon prices are now up 10% year to year. By our friend Kerry Pickett. Now I know what Biden will say about the tampon shortage in America. He'll blame it on big tampon. Don't you think, Rich? It's big tampon. They're monopolizing again. Profiteering. Congress has taken notice of the tampon shortage around the country rooted in the supply chain crisis and the high cost of fuel and raw materials. The shortage of feminine hygiene products surfaced as the Biden administration is still grappling with a nationwide shortage of baby formula. Representative Yvette Clark, New York Democrat, member of the Energy and Commerce Committee, said that Congress needs to do something about the supply chain dynamic. Ms. Clark confirmed that the shortage of feminine hygiene products has gone, quote, beyond a whisper, unquote, among her female colleagues in Congress. So now I think we have a (laughs) now I think we have a definition of women, Mr. Producer. People who use female hygiene products. It's a public health issue at this point, she said. It's crazy. Who could have ever envisioned it? But we've got to do everything we can, she said. 
We have to get the Defense Production Act to move into that space. We'll have to do it because we just can't have a significant part of our population. It's beyond inconvenience. It's a health crisis. That's why they... That's why they have the Defense Production Act in the first place, Mr. Producer. That's why they, they passed it decades ago. Just in case there's a tampon shortage. Time initially reported on the tampon shortage, so they got the, uh, they got the scoop last week and highlighted that the scarcity of these products has lasted longer than others, such as toilet paper and cleaning items, the start of the pandemic. Inflation also caused tampons to become more expensive. So we need a tampon program, I think, particularly for the impoverished. I think that's very, very important. I think tampon equity is very, very important. Senator Maggie Hassan, a New Hampshire Democrat, expressed her concerns about the lack of feminine hygiene products and sent a letter to Tampex, their maker, Procter & Gamble's chief executive officer, John Moeller. Quote, I've seen troubling reports about low supplies and even empty shelves of tampons, as well as concerning indications that instead of increasing supply, companies have increased tampon prices. Companies like yours that produce tampons must take immediate action to increase the tampon supply and unnecessary price increases. I've never used the word tampon so often in my life, Mr. Producer. Somebody out there hoarding tampons? Procter & Gamble said in an email to the Washington Times the company's working to fix the shortage. We understand, they said. It's frustrating for consumers. I think it's more than frustrating. When they can't find what they need, we expect this is a temporary situation. And the Tampax team is producing tampons 24-7 to meet the increased demand for our product. We're working with our retail partners to maximize availability, which has significantly increased over the last several months. Joe Biden's tampon shorter impacts women across the country. That's not good for Democrats' election prospects this November, said National Republican Congressional Committee spokeswoman Tarun Sinclair in a statement. And so I think it's got to be big tampon. I think big tampons behind this, just as big meats behind the meat problem. Big oil, big agriculture, big pharmaceutical. All kinds of stuff going on out there, or not. It's all a conspiracy, the monopolists, the the tampon monopolists. They want to drive up the cost of tampons. And the oil companies. Doing just fine two years ago, 18 months ago. No, they want to drive up the price of oil and gas and big meat. All of a sudden, they want to drive up the, oh, my God, there's collusion, conspiracy, aiding and abetting, betting and aiding. These big monopolists and oligopolists working together. That's not what's going on. 
Who benefits? Or who thought they would benefit? When the vast majority of working Americans are suffering. The Democrats thought they would benefit. The Marxists thought they would benefit. You're the proletariat. You're supposed to rise up and overthrow big meat and big tampon and big oil and big grocery store and big this and big that. Just not big government. You're supposed to be unhappy with capitalism and your country. You're supposed to be suckers and stupid and believe what Biden and his surrogates in the media have to say about all this. There's a reason why tampons are in short supply and the prices are going up. We have to read such a ridiculous headline. There's a reason why gasoline prices are going up and soon there will be lines. Mark my words. There's a reason why electricity prices are going up and there will be brownouts and blackouts. Mark my words. And food shortages. Mark my words. You should. All the backbenchers do. And it's not Ukraine. It's not even the monster Putin. It's the ideology of the Democrat Party. I've been thinking of ways to put this a different way. The Democrat Party doesn't really fit into our constitutional system. And all of you out there listening who have microphones and TV cameras and have ghostwriters and everything, try not to steal. I'm talking to my audience. The Democrat Party doesn't really fit into the constitutional and small-r Republican construct. It never really has. It insisted on slavery. It tried to divide the nation physically and permanently. It insisted on segregation. It now insists on reverse racism and segregation. Now it promotes various aspects of Marxism and economic socialism. It doesn't fit in. It's not. It's an alien force in this country. It doesn't support any American institutions. They don't introduce bills or sign executive orders to strengthen our founding and our principles. No. They're always at war. At war with our history. At war with our values and our beliefs. That's what's going on every day around here. So as a consequence, you like a nation that's the wealthiest on the face of the earth? Where the people have it better than any other nation on the face of the earth? Well, they're at war with it. And when that happens, what happens? People lose their jobs. Businesses are closed. Prices go up. Energy is unaffordable. Food is scarce. That's what destroying the greatest enterprise in human history gives you. Gives you the opposite. What ideology is it that we're supposed to be following? Marx? Americanized form of Marxism? Where does that work? Does that feed people? Of course not. 
Just remember this headline. It tells you everything you need to know about Biden, the Democrats, the corrupt media, the corrupt professoriate, and all the rest of them. A headline you never thought you'd hear. Lawmakers seek solutions to tampon shortage. It says it all. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all. Whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Where to start on the economy? You know, we're such a grand nation on such a grand scale. So many smart people. Forget about the dummies for a minute, the people on the on the take and on the dome, talking about the producers, the brainiacs, the entrepreneurs. That's always been America's strength, our technology. Our technology. And I think to myself, imagine, rather than beating the hell out of one industry after another, Rather than smothering one industry after another with executive orders, with a politicized Securities and Exchange Commission, with a politicized Environmental Protection Agency, with phony audits, with social engineering, and all the rest of the crap. But instead, we had a president and an administration and a Congress that embraced our strengths, the people. That embraced our strengths. And said, okay, we want to unleash American know-how, American development, American productivity. We want to unleash it. When it comes to energy production. We want to unleash it when it comes to the supply chain. We want to unleash it all across the country. Well, people will invent things and create things that can't possibly be known in advance. It's not known in advance. Instead, we get the Defense Production Act. The Defense Production Act. 
which is supposed to be really used at wartime or a natural disaster or something of that sort. Biden is pulling the trigger on the Defense Production Act for everything. And what that does is it gives enormous power to the central government and the bureaucracy and the politicians to run our companies. They can't run the country. They can't even hold a legitimate hearing to run our companies. They're not qualified to run anything but their mouths. Defense Production Act. For tampons? For baby formula? Maybe even for oil? Seriously? The problem is we have this administration that is filled with nobodies and know-nothings and ideologues. Probably very young, with a very low IQ, almost no real-world experience, particularly in the areas that they want to control. It's like a fiefdom. Epic times. Chevron CEO, there may never be another oil refinery built in the United States again. Chevron CEO Mike Worth said in a recent interview he doesn't believe another oil refinery will be built again in the United States, saying government policies are a key reason why as average gas prices continue to rise. There hasn't been a refinery built in this country since the 70s, he said, during Bernstein's strategic decisions conference on June 1, when asked about more refining being added in the Gulf of Mexico. I personally don't believe, he said, there will be a new petroleum refinery ever built in the United States again. Capacity is added by de-bottlenecking existing units by investing in existing refineries. But what we've seen over the last two years are shutdowns. We've seen refineries closed. We've seen units come down. We've seen refineries being repurposed to become bio-refineries, in other words, to try and meet the new standards. And we live in a world where the policy, the stated policy of the United States government is to reduce demand for the products that refiners produce. He said the federal government's current policy is to reduce the demand for oil, making it very hard in a company where investments have a payout period of a decade or more. In other words... It's going to get much worse over the course of the next 10 years based on what this administration has done and is doing. I'll be right back. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. 
Mark Levin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. I have a new replacement theory, Mr. Producer. I hope all the reprobates are listening. That is, we replace the Democrats. What do you think of that? That's my replacement theory. Replace Democrats. Of all backgrounds, all ethnicities, all races, replace them because they're killing the country. Biden threatens oil companies with emergency powers if they don't boost supply amid inflation spike. So what Biden's saying, I'm doing the interpreting for Biden now, given his uh, endless gibberish. What he's saying is, we're not going to expand drilling. But you're to increase supply in those areas where you are drilling. I, I kid you not. I kid you not. And... And you're to stop, quote-unquote, profiteering. Where's the money supposed to come from for them to do this? And moreover, while they're doing this, at the same time transitioning to something that doesn't exist, this new energy. Now, you have to wonder, ladies and gentlemen, let's say you're in your car now and you're in your truck. You're listening at home. You're listening at your business. I don't know where you are. Millions of you listening, wherever you're listening. And when you hear Biden and the others say, we must transition to clean energy. Do you ever ask yourself, what the hell do you want me to do? I'm driving my vehicle. I need to get gasoline. I have a home. It needs electricity. Or it needs oil. Or it needs natural gas, or it needs propane, whatever it needs. But we must transition. Transition to what? I'm Ernie Grabotsky. I'm driving my car. It's now 150 bucks to fill it up. What do you mean transition? You're breaking me. You're breaking me, Washington, D.C., with your tentacles everywhere, trying to control everything. This is what you've caused. You're not only driving up the price of fuel. With inflation, you're driving down the value of my income. And with inflation, you're driving up the price of food. So to get to the grocery store, it's costing me a bundle. To shop at the grocery store, it's costing me a bundle. A bundle. And now you're to, we're to transition. Transition to what? There's nothing to transition to. They can talk about electric cars all they want. The vast majority of vehicles today are not electric. And everybody doesn't have a new car. And everybody can't afford a new car at $60,000 a pop. The reason they go after vehicles and gasoline, ladies and gentlemen, is that's the best way to control You, your mobility, your lifestyle, don't drive so much. Well, I like driving. Okay, we'll drive up the cost of gas. What? Don't eat so much beef. It's not good for you. But I like beef. No, 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 but you don't understand. The cattle burp, the cattle have, you know, these other things going. It creates pollution. No, but I want to eat beef. Okay, drive up the price of beef. 
But I like a single family home. I want to live that. This is what everybody has. Single family home with a white picket fence. No, 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 no. We want dense areas. We want public transportation, you know, so the virus can spread faster. But anyway, that's what we want. But I don't want that. That's not my dream of what I want. Okay, then we'll force it on you. We'll make the price impossible. You know, Reagan used our economic system to destroy the Soviet Union. That's what he did. And the Democrats took a lesson from that. We'll use our economic system to destroy our economic system. And to gain control. But they don't understand the American people. The American people are resisting. The American people are saying, we're not buying your crap. You did this. Not big tampon. Not big baby formula. Not big meat. Not big farmer. Not big... You did this. And how do we know? Because 18 months ago... Things were going along just fine. Of course, other than the virus, but I'm talking about the economy. The economy was sustained. Through it all, it was sustained. And it was growing. We didn't see massive spikes in anything. Then you guys come into office, and everything's going to hell. Because you're paid and bought for by your ideologues. You have your propagandists in the media. And this is what you do to us. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats aren't driven by, uh, driven by experience. They're not driven by knowledge. They're not driven by facts. They're not even driven by science. It's ideology all day, every day. In every aspect of our lives, economic, the classroom, whatever it is, the media, Biden threatens oil companies with emergency powers if they don't boost supply amid inflation spike. That sounds like Maduro in Venezuela. So that's how we're going to get more production and lower prices by threatening oil companies. What next? They're going to take them over? What is this, Cuba? President Biden may resort to Fox reports using emergency powers. If American oil companies don't increase output at the refiners, ladies and gentlemen, they can't even build a new refinery, not merely because it's economically nonsensical at this point. But the government, to go through the government red tape, it's literally impossible to build a new refinery. It's literally impossible to build a new nuclear power plant. It's literally impossible to have a hydroelectric plant. They're taking them down. What exactly are they supposed to do? So on the one hand, he said, you better do more. And I love emergency powers. They're already pushing these companies around like they push everybody else around telling them what to do. When these companies were left to their own, what did they do, ladies and gentlemen? They created fracking. They invented it. We were outproducing every other country on the face of the earth. We were energy independent. When you embrace capitalism and entrepreneurship, that is, the American people and their ingenuity, it works. When you embrace politicians, stupid politicians, and their bureaucrats, it fails. 
Let me put it to you this way. Our bureaucracy isn't unique in America. It's not smarter than any other bureaucracy. It's not smarter than the communist Chinese bureaucracy. It's not smarter than the Canadian or the Mexican bureaucracy. Why would it be? How so? But the ingenuity in our private sector, that's where we beat every other country. Not by emulating their governments, by free will and motivation in the market system and profits. <gasps> did he say profits? Yes, I did. Biden says, no, we're not an autocracy, we're a democracy, says the idiot. Well, we're not either. But he's an autocrat, there's no question about it. And so it was finally done, as you no doubt heard, at 2 p.m. today, Eastern Time. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates by 75 basis points. That's 0.75%, almost one point. The biggest increase, we're breaking all kinds of records. Remember Trump was breaking all kinds of good records? Well, Biden's breaking all the bad records. It's the biggest increase since 1994. Almost 30 years ago. And the Federal Reserve Board Chairman Jerome Powell signaled another big move next month, intensifying a fight to contain rampant inflation. First, there was no inflation. Then it was transitory. Then we'll live with it. And now it's rampant. And it's everybody's fault, but the Marxist spendaholics, the spending drunks in Congress and in the Oval Office, everybody else's fault. All of a sudden, economics doesn't apply. All of a sudden, if you spend what you don't have and you have a printing press, that doesn't create inflation. Really? Tell that to the Weimar Republic. Oh, I guess you can't. Remember those black and white movies I talked about? Those black and white movies where you see in Germany after World War I, people having so much paper money so worthless they had wheelbarrows they were moving it around much like Venezuela much like Zimbabwe not long ago well that's what happens uh, and Powell said another 75 basis points likely 50 basis points and then maybe uh, 25 basis points Unfortunately, this is something that had to be done. I told you before that the Federal Reserve was the drug dealer from the, for the drug addicts in Congress, the people who are fiscally irresponsible. This is on Biden. This is on Pelosi. This is on Schumer. This is on AOC and the squad of Marxists. This is on them. And I might add who contributed to it, as I've said before, the 19 Republicans who voted for just another trillion bucks on infrastructure. Wow, geniuses. Geniuses. Led by Mitch McConnell. He's such a great leader, that Mitch. He's a great leader, Mitch McConnell. Leader of what? I don't know. 
We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Jennifer Granholm is the energy secretary, at least that's what they call her. She is, in normal parlance, a buffoon. She blames Russia, China, and summer driving for high gas prices. Cedric Richmond, a former radical Democrat hack, DNC advisor on CNN, inflation is the fault of the Republicans for blocking Biden's five to six trillion dollar spending bill. And of course, the way to make the entire country, in fact, the entire world energy secure is to move to clean energy. Nobody knows what that means. I'm challenging Jennifer Granholm tonight. Please present us with the blueprint on where we go to get clean energy, as you call it, and what you mean by that. I've got millions of people listening to this program, many of whom are in rush hour. All over the country. They're in rush hour. And they just spent a fortune on gasoline, or they're going to spend a fortune, because they're sitting in traffic. And so, Jennifer, I'm asking you, where do they go to get their clean energy? Electricity. Electricity is not clean energy, ladies and gentlemen. Electricity has to be produced. Now, I know electricity doesn't create fumes, but the fuels used to create that energy does create fumes. Now... Why do we have to keep following these economic and science illiterates into the hellhole they want to drag us? I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, U.S. retail sales decline in May as inflation stings consumers. The producer price index is through the roof again, as is the cost of manufacturing. So uh, we've now moved from inflation to stagflation, as I explained the other day, where the economy is now stagnating. Forget about all these phony experts. I'm telling you what's going on. I'm seeing it. You're feeling it. You're living it. We don't need statistics coming out of Washington. I'm telling you what's happening. Inflation drives up the cost of things, drives down the value of your, of your money, It also creates shortages. When Ronald Reagan was president, and he was faced with this after winning the election against Jimmy Carter, Volcker would increase the rates, and Reagan knew he had to, on the monetary side, but then Reagan slashed taxes, the greatest tax cuts in history, across the board. That occurred in August of uh, 1981. So what Reagan was doing is he was trying to create production, economic vitality, um, a strong consumer market, while the Fed was trying to strengthen the value of the currency And wring inflation out of the system. We don't have that today. We have a knucklehead in the Oval Office who caused this problem. The Fed didn't respond properly to it, but he caused it. And some Republicans contributed to it. Those 19 Senate Republicans. Can you find their names again, Mr. Producer, for me? So-called infrastructure bill. So, all the economic indices are going in the wrong direction. All of them. Biden keeps going on and on about how uh, we have the... Uh, We've, we've cut the deficit by $300 billion, the lowest ever, the fastest ever. Ladies and gentlemen, he drove the deficit up higher than any president in history. Then he takes credit for when it comes down. It doesn't mean the debt comes down. It just means the increase in the debt is slightly less because they're not spending another 3 or $5 trillion. Do you understand my point? He hasn't done anything. Look at all the job growth. Job growth is a figment of his imagination. The guy's delusional. Most small businesses can't get people to work for them. And if they work for them, can't get people to stay there. There's these bidding wars going on, so labor prices are going through the roof. Labor prices. Material prices, produce prices. And yet, 
The economy has stalled. Inflation. Stagflation. So from a monetary point of view, we're, we have stagflation. And from a broader economic perspective, I argue, we are in a recession. That's where we are. Now, the great Milton Friedman explained many times over, and dispositively in my view, that it was monetary policy that took us from a bad recession under Hoover and moved us into a depression that went on for 10 years on, needlessly. But it was an opportunity for the American Marxists to vastly expand the power of the central government and to do grave damage to our constitutional order. His name is FDR. FDR in many ways was an American dictator. The way he used the IRS, the way he used the FBI, the way he censored information, and on and on and on. But they loved him because he was a radical lefty. And we also had a war going on, certainly starting in 1941, and so he got a pass on many things. He's now rated as one of our great presidents, certainly not by me. The problem today is we don't have the man in charge of fiscal policy who we need to be in charge of fiscal policy. Instead, we have one of the dumbest men to ever serve in the Senate, who became one of the dumbest men to ever be vice president, and is, in my view, the dumbest man to ever be president of the United States, bar none. Bar none. Not just the dementia aspect, dumbest. And that's the situation. He's got a lousy cabinet. Even D. Lemon over there at CNN questioned Biden's fitness. So people say the press, they're turning on Biden. Ladies and gentlemen, the press wants a different candidate in 2024 because they know Biden is finished. And they will trash any Republican. They've already started trashing DeSantis. They've already started trashing him. And they've been trashing him, just in case. And whomever it might be, that's exactly what they're going to do. It won't matter. Because remember, they're not on the side of truth, justice. They're radicals. Here is D. Lemon on CNN. Cut 15, go. And we, we interview the president. We watch him in press conferences. We watch him do interviews on he was on Jimmy Kimmel the other night. And quite frankly, I had trouble following him. He was, his answers are not succinct. And I understand that he is uh, an issue as a, a stutter as a child. I interviewed him several times leading up to the, his, his, you know, when he was running for president and as president of the United States, I've interviewed him. And he has trouble sometimes connecting and his answers sometimes don't make sense. And so I want to know as a journalist, as an American, does this president have the mental and physical stamina to run again as president of the United States, considering the reports that are coming out and considering my eyes and my ears, I can hear him and I can see him every single day. Early in his career, this was Don Lemon, an actual reporter. But Don Lemon 
has created enough distrust, and rightly so, that he's not a reporter, even when he says things like this. Two motives. Number one, to get rid of Biden. And number two, his new bosses over there at CNN have had enough of all the opinions. So they say. So Don Lemon's not stupid. He may be a radical goofball, but he's not stupid. And where the hell else is he going to work? I mean, CNN is already sort of the lowest of the low. How much lower does it get? What's he going to do? Work at Media Matters and monitor my show? I mean, how much lower does it get? That's about as low as it gets. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. We will have a special guest, Hour 3, the primary opponent to Dizzy Lizzie Cheney out there in Wyoming. She doesn't get to Wyoming very much, unless it's Wyoming Street in Washington, D.C., if there is one, but that's about it. She doesn't get to do that very much. This committee, this January 6th committee, has been found to have lied and spun over and over and over again. And, of course, it leaks like a sieve. And why wouldn't it when you have Adam Schiff, Jamie Raskin, Dizzy Lizzy, and the rest of them on this panel? It's one big leakorama. Vindicated by police, just the news, John Solomon, Congressman Lallerman, decries January 6th panel effort to smear him. This committee does this a lot. And these federal judges in Washington, D.C., you're just not going to get a fair break. Bannon's motion to dismiss the charges against him was, were rejected. The motion was rejected by the judge. All the arguments that were made were absolutely fantastic in his briefs, but it didn't matter. doesn't matter. It's very, very difficult, if not impossible, for somebody like him to get a fair trial in the District of Columbia. And then when they ask to have the venue moved, the very same judges are ruling on it and say no. So you're stuck. Representative Barry Loudermilk, Republican Georgia, said it was difficult being falsely accused of conspiring in the January 6th Capitol riot, but he's fighting back to hold the House January 6th Committee accountable for its quote-unquote reckless behavior 
The January 6th panel subpoenaed Loudermilk last month over a constituent Tory gave of congressional office buildings one day before the Stop the Steal rally. The Capitol Police Chief cleared the Georgia Republican of any wrongdoing on Monday. Keep in mind, the police chief is appointed by Eva Pelosi. Laudermilk told Just the News on Thursday that he found out about the committee's subpoena through the news. He still has not received a copy of the letter. Can you imagine that? They're holding people in contempt, and they don't even share the letter with them. Remember the other Republicans said the same thing? Jim Jordan? Kevin McCarthy? They leaked the subpoenas to the media before the target of the subpoena even has a copy. He found out through the news. So I knew they weren't out for the truth, he said. They're just trying to push a narrative. And I believe the truth ought to be known. So we pushed back and we said, let's get the truth out. After the subpoena, his family and staff members started receiving significant death threats, Laudermilk said. By the way, you don't hear that, do you? Noting, I lay the blame to this at the feet of the January 6th committee for going to the press about their false allegations instead of talking to me. This is a colleague talking to me individually and privately. Even the people who were on the tour with Loudermilk are afraid for their lives. The congressman told editor-in-chief John Solomon and co-host Amanda Head. So there's a responsibility this committee has to the safety and security of people because this reckless behavior could cause someone to get seriously hurt. Loudermilk said he has not heard anything directly from the Democrats. He also criticized the media for not accurately reporting on Republicans. We need these journalistic outlets to actually act like journalists, not a wing of the progressive left socialist Democrat Party. By the way, when Republicans call the likes of AOC and her ilk socialists, they're missing the mark. They're, dem- they're uh, Marxists. But that said, the original pact that got behind these reprobates did call itself something akin to the Democrat Socialists or something like that. And they target these these left-wing Democrats in these primaries. They defeat them. And then they have these seats for life because they know nobody else can beat them. It's like Talib in Detroit took John Conyers' seat. It was a crowded primary at the time, but she got the backing of the Democrat Socialists, as did AOC and some of the others. That's what has occurred. So this guy, Loudermilk, I guess we should ask Bob, uh, Bill Barr what he thinks, because he's now uh, Socrates, you know what I mean, Mr. Producer? Now, if this were a real hearing, what we would have is the U.S. Attorney retired, McSwain from Philadelphia, sitting next to his former boss, the U.S. Attorney General retired, Bill Barr. McSwain being called by the Republicans, Bill Barr being called by the Democrats, because he's now a friendly Democrat witness. And that letter that I read to you last night from McSwain saying, well, rather than paraphrase it, just to repeat, 
saying that on Election Day and afterwards, our office received various allegations of voter fraud and illegal and election irregularities. And as part of my responsibilities as U.S. attorney, I wanted to be transparent with the public and, of course, investigate fully any allegations. Attorney General Barr, however, instructed me not to make any public statements or put out any press releases regarding possible election irregularities. I was also given a directive to pass along serious allegations to the state attorney general for investigation. The same state attorney general had already declared that you, meaning Trump, could not win. I disagree with that decision, but those were my orders. I would want him to testify sitting right next to Bill Barr, who denies all of that. And I happen to know it's McSwain who's telling the truth. I know that is a fact. So if they were both under oath, under penalty of perjury, that's how you get to the truth. Instead, Bill Barr's flopping around out there like a flounder. Well, like many flounder, sort of all in one. Very cocky. He's gone from impeachment to being celebrated. Threats of impeachment to being celebrated. And there'll be others. I want people to tell the truth. Don't get me wrong. What actually occurred. But there's no need. There's no need to add to it, to then, you know, uh, take left turns and right turns and, in other words, embellish it. There's no need for that. Just say what took place. But no, he's enjoying himself. Like Dizzy Lizzie. She's enjoying herself. And, uh, and others. Johnny Bolton. Where is John Bolton these days, Mr. Producer? Is he around? Haven't seen him, haven't heard from him. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe Bill Barr will wind up doing that one day. You never know. I used to like the guy. But when you do all this other crap, I don't believe in it. I served in many high positions in the government under Ronald Reagan, and you've never heard me or talk about the people other than in a positive way. If I have nothing positive to say, I don't say it. You've never seen me write a book about them and how wonderful I was and brilliant and righteous I was. Now, if you have to testify, you testify truthfully, but what's with all the embellishing? Hey, uh, would you uh, vote for Trump again? Uh, you think Trump should run? Uh, you think this? You think... Um, you know, I'm not getting into all that. If you don't like Trump, I'm just not getting into it. It's not the right thing to do. I mean, he plucked me out of any lawyer he wanted to and made me attorney general of the United States. That's the way a class act would respond, in my view. I'll be right back. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking... Well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand, the 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. 
You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you remember, I think it was four border agents on the horses accused of whipping migrants when they weren't whipping anybody. Remember that? Remember Joe Biden saying they will be punished? Of course, the president's not supposed to say that. But he also told his prosecutors to go after everybody on January 6th. Remember that, too? But then he said, but I didn't, you know, direct them. They're independent, of course. Well, sources told Fox that uh, DHS will be releasing more details in coming days, but that these agents will be punished. They're going to punish them administratively, even though they've been cleared by the inspector general of all criminal conduct. They weren't whipping anybody. The only person whipping anybody is Biden, and the only entity are the media as they try to whip the people into anger with everything, and then complain about anger. The journalist who who took the, uh, the video, who recorded it, said at the time that he didn't see them being whipped, that nobody else saw them being whipped, said, I saw them swinging their reins, but they weren't whipping anybody. But that doesn't matter. So here's my point to you. Here's my point. When you can railroad big people... You can railroad little people. What do I mean? When you can railroad a President Trump or former President Trump, when you can railroad certain people in his circle, that is, when you can have show trials, have judges who are partisan, have prosecutors who are out of control, because they're targeting your political opponents. Or when you refuse to enforce the law in many instances against people who've committed heinous acts, violent acts, you let them out the back door and so forth, depending on their politics and what they're writing about, then uh, you're dealing with the uh, lawlessness, period. It's lawlessness, You're using the law to destroy the law. That's what you're doing. You're using the law to destroy the law. So when you can railroad, quote-unquote, big people, you can railroad Border Patrol agents. Even though the eyewitness who took the video said they didn't whip anybody, even though the Inspector General conducted an investigation and said they didn't do anything, certainly not worthy of criminal action, You know they got the orders from on high. Find some rule. Find something. Punish them. And if possible, kick them out of the Border Patrol. That's what's going on here. The Border Patrol. It's a thankless job. 
They're overwhelmed. They're overworked. They're being abused by this administration. As is ICE and are the many patriotic employees at ICE. So when you can do that, and you know, here's the other thing. You know the media are going to carry the water for you. It's like this Kavanaugh thing. They just indicted this 26-year-old on charges of, uh, I guess, not murder per se, obviously, but attempted murder or something of that sort. Just indicted him. And yet on the Sunday shows, they said nothing. And the Democrats until last night sat on a bill that would protect not just Kavanaugh, but his entire family and that of all the other justices. And the Attorney General still hasn't charged a single person for violating that 18 U.S. Code, Section 1507. It's memorized now by everybody. Once we found it. Actually, my wife found it and gave it to me. In which you're not even allowed to peacefully protest because the peaceful protest is seen as a threat, an attempt to interfere with and pressure a judge or a justice or a court official to do something they wouldn't otherwise do. So you can understand why they're treated differently than other people. They're not supposed to be politicians, even though in the District of Columbia, judges act like politicians. So this is what you get, lawlessness. And even here, American News, Kavanaugh's neighbor speaks out against protesters, details horrific experience since Roe v. Wade leak. Now the media have helped pour the fuel on the fire with this. We know the Democrats have, especially Schumer and Pelosi. I mean, if we didn't know better, we'd say they want violence, wouldn't we? If we didn't know better, of course. The neighbors say these are people who come from out of the area. They have a staging point in a parking lot fairly nearby. The organized group of protesters typically meet on Wednesdays and Saturdays around 7 p.m., causing a nuisance for families with young children. That's when people are putting their kids to bed. That's, there's little kids who live on the street. It's a horrific experience, the neighbor told Fox News. It's not great if you have kids of any age, but it's unbelievably stressful. And the kids are very upset. The kids have to be sent inside. It's so loud you can't put your kids to sleep. They pick the exact time and they don't care. Literally, there's no way on a Wednesday night you can put your kid to bed. There have been instances of verbal abuse and intimidation towards the neighbors, not just Justice Brett Kavanaugh. They have drummers, they have a megaphone, and they chant. They yell all kinds of things. They've told neighbors... F you, F your children, things like that. And so they're abusive toward the neighbors and intimidating. Well, maybe people need to do this to Attorney General Merrick. I don't know where. Garless? Garland? Yeah, Garless. His neighborhood. So I'm not encouraging it. I'm just saying. He allows this to go on. He allows this to go on. 
He won't charge a single person. They go on the street. We've been told that because they will move eventually when a car comes down the street. They're not technically blocking the street. Well, but they are technically violating federal law. Expressing frustrations with a lack of enforcement. The neighbors said that there are noise ordinances in their community, but protesters don't have to abide by the same set rule. Does that sound like the riots of 2020? Different rules for different people, depending on who they are. Now, you know damn well if this had been done in front of the home of any left-wing justice, for the great Ruth Bader Ginsburg, of course, there'd be no tolerance for this. None. And Meritless Garland was a circuit judge, an appellate court uh, judge, D.C. I don't think he would have tolerated. But now he's the attorney general, you know. What we've also been told is that this is behaving within the bounds of the law. And the only law that can be enforced is the federal law that they're not supposed to protest outside the home of a judicial officer. But the federal partners decline to enforce the law. Federal partners. All right. So this is coming from local police. Because nobody else talks that way, and I want to thank them for speaking. And they're kind of concealed under the neighbor. The neighbor called out political leadership for failing to intervene as they stressed that the disruptive protests affect each community member due to their homes being situated within close proximity one to the other. There is nowhere to go to get away from it. I think people are very concerned if there isn't action taken that this will escalate in a way that's very unpredictable and very unsafe. And that's what's so discouraging is the fact that there just doesn't seem to be anyone in a position of leadership or authority who is considering those issues and acting on them and trying to look for a solution rather than just allowing this possibility to escalate. really is quite unbelievable, don't you think? And the media? They had a lot of camera crews, obviously, who were here for the news. So they came. They had more drums, more noise. They were very, very loud, very, very aggressive. They danced in the streets as well. I mean, it's very unnerving. There's no consideration given to the neighbors. We're expected to just take it. And very little is being done about it. We've also been told you can't engage with these people. They have no filter. They will have no regard for your personal property or personal safety, so don't engage with them. So we're basically being told that these people are not safe. Takes you away, your sense of security. We have no idea who could embed themselves in this group of protesters. The whole neighborhood is suffering. And so uh, we wait for Meritless Garland to do something about this, which means nothing will be done. It's amazing, isn't it, how things are dropped by the media, except January 6th? With American citizens who were left in Afghanistan, we have no idea what's happened to them. And nobody cares. Nobody. Nobody. The war in Ukraine goes on. Ukraine is losing. Their people are being slaughtered. The media barely even talk about it anymore. Look at the southern border. Who's coming across the southern border? What are they doing? The little kids? 
only mattered when Trump was there, of course. It's as if it's not even happening because they don't report on it. An assassination plotted against a Supreme Court justice. Well, it didn't happen. What's a big deal? Besides, he was going to vote to overturn Roe versus Wade. Wade, so that's okay. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. By the way, the Republicans in the Senate who voted out a trillion dollars to our debt, who basically contributed to this inflation because they wanted to be seen as bipartisan. They're all who you would expect to be rhinos. Mitch McConnell was one of them, one of the 19. But the others were Roy Blunt of Missouri, Richard Byrd, North Carolina, Shelley Moore, Capito, West Virginia, she's a disaster. Bill C- Cassidy, Louisiana, disaster. Susan Collins, Maine, you know. Kevin Kramer, North Dakota. Mike Crapo, Idaho. Deb Fisher, Nebraska. Lindsey Graham, South Carolina. Lindsey's on uh, 10 sides of every issue. Charles Grassley, Iowa. John Hooven, North Dakota. Lisa Murkowski, Alaska. Rob Portman, Ohio. James Risch, Idaho, Mitt Romney, Utah, Dan Sullivan, Alaska, Tom Tillis, North Carolina, John Wicker, Mississippi. Wicker's a disaster for Mississippi. I don't know all who's retiring, but Blunt's retiring, Burr's retiring. Uh, Let's see here. Wish more of them were. Portman's retiring, and uh, maybe one other. But these 19 Repubics, they contributed to this inflation. All 19 of them, including Murkowski. But all of them. Because they want to be seen as bipartisan. They're bi-stupid. So I don't want us to forget these 19 Republicans because they, they feel so self-righteous. The rhinos always are self-righteous. So how can McConnell lead a party in the Senate that is far more conservative than he is? I just told you he was one of 19 who voted to add to our debt and therefore help create this inflation when they voted for these bipartisan infrastructure bill. Anything with the word bipartisan on it, like a Democrat. And the answer is he has tons of power 
through lobbyists, through Washington operatives, and through major corporations. He's a hustler. He's a willer dealer. That's what McConnell does. You can't tell me a single major thing he has done in the last 10 years. Well, he stopped Garland. But any Republican leader would have stopped Garland. Wasn't that hard, actually. But what has McConnell done to defend the Constitution in the last decade? What has McConnell done to advance the cause of individual liberty in the last decade? What has McConnell done to help secure our border in the last decade? Why is he still hanging around? What is he, 98 years old? I don't know what he is. And on top of that, he can't even communicate. He can't even communicate with the American people. Like that, uh, like that voice on Peanuts. Remember that? That's, uh, that's McConnell. That's what he did uh, during the nights. Not to mention, as Peter Schweitzer points out, all the ties between uh, his family members, by marriage as I understand it, with the communist Chinese uh, regime and that front group, that front company, and the freight business that they're involved in. I mean, it's just amazing. It's amazing what Trump goes through, and he didn't do anything. And these other people, whether it's Biden or McConnell or the Pelosi's, how did that big drunk husband of hers make millions? Never examined. I'll be right back. Folks, Father's Day is here, and there isn't a better gift, trust me, I know this, than Omaha Steaks. Visit omahasteaks.com, type in Levin, L-E-V-I-N, in the search bar, and you can save over 50% when you order the Dad's Want Steaks package. For just $99, this limited-time package includes 16 entrees he's guaranteed to love, like smoky, tender, bacon-wrapped filet mignons, gourmet jumbo franks, and the air-chilled boneless chicken breast. Isn't your mouth watering about now? And for dessert, you know, we dads like dessert, caramel apple tartlets. And it's a special gift for my listeners when you type in Levin in the search bar and order the Dads Want Steaks package. You'll also get eight, eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. Seriously, you can't beat the value of this deal, and you can't beat the taste of this meat. It's never too late to send Dad Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com, type in Levin into the search bar, save over 50% when you order the Dads Want Steaks package. You'll get 16 entrees, four desserts, Eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. That's a lot. Order today. That's omahasteaks.com. Keyword Levin, L-E-V-I-N. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker. Somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 We're actually going to take some calls in the uh, final half hour of the program. Uh, in this half hour, Harriet Hegeman will be on the program of Wyoming. She's running in the Republican primary against Never Trumper and Never Honest, in my view, 
Uh, that would be Dizzy Lizzie Cheney, who doesn't even get to Wyoming very much anymore. She does most of her fundraising in Northern Virginia uh, with the likes of uh, Barbara Comstock and others, Romney. What can I tell you? People go to the dark side. I can't control that. Well, I saved this for this hour because you've been hearing about it, but you haven't heard from me. From the Daily Caller, Republican Myra Flores. You've heard this by now. She won the South Texas District. She won it by 13 points. Actually, the Democrats had carried it by 13 points. She held 51% of the support. The incumbent Democrat, Dan Sanchez, had 43.5%. of It wasn't even close. And there were two other candidates on the ballot. One Democrat, one Republican. So she was able to avoid a runoff. She got 51% of the vote. That's a big deal. You know what's a bigger deal? A Republican hadn't won that congressional district, or its ilk, in 151 years. The district is 84% Hispanic on the Rio Grande Valley area. 84%. That's a big deal. And she ran on a pro-Trump conservative agenda. Not a Romney, McConnell, Brit, phony Republican agenda. A conservative agenda. Now, she's going to, the, the part of the problem is that this, all these districts have changed in Texas. Not so much a problem as a general matter, but she'll be running again in a somewhat different district against a Democrat. This was a special election. It'll be the new 34th district, and it leans 17 points toward the Democrats, according to 538. That's a blog site, 538. And so, it's still a little too early, but we are seeing movement now, aren't we? It's a funny thing, during the Black Lives Matter riots, I think, Mr. Producer, you might recall, I said, this is turning off a lot of people, blacks, whites, Asians, and Hispanics. A lot of people are not into the riots. They're not into the burning. They're not into the violence. They're not into defunding the cops. They're not into any of that. But a lot of people came to this country because they fled poverty. They fled corrupt governments. They fled the violence and the collusion between local police forces and violent drug gangs in Central and South America. They fled communism in Cuba and Nicaragua and other parts of the hemisphere. And so when they see and hear what the Democrat Party is doing, they reject it. A lot of people who came to this country came legally. And they don't appreciate what's being done because they have relatives they're trying to bring into this country legally and it takes, if they follow the process, could take 10 years. 
So they're not sympathetic to this. And they also know among those coming across the border are criminals. Kidnappers. Sexual predators. Drug cartel surrogates. And then finally, inflation cuts across all races, creeds, religions, and ethnicities. And they know who created this. They know who created this. And, uh, of course, it wasn't Putin, even though Biden and the Putinoids suggest that it is because uh, of Putin's war against Ukraine. So you see, the way it works is Putin's war against Ukraine has driven prices up because we didn't react by rolling over pretending it didn't happen. Once again, for the four billionth time, gas prices started going up long before Putin invaded Ukraine. Inflation kicked into gear long before Putin invaded Ukraine. So while the radical Democrats and the media and the Putinoids and their hemorrhoids all say the same thing, they're all full of crap. They're all full of crap. We were energy independent. We were wheat independent. We were corn independent. Now you might say, I know, but this has a worldwide effect. Well, what does that have to do with us doing anything? Who's cut Ukraine off on the Black Sea? We didn't do that. We didn't do that. And there are also reports where you won't hear this from the Putinoids with their hemorrhoids. That the Russians are stealing all the wheat that's being grown in Ukraine. Plus, ask any farmer. It's kind of tough to grow wheat uh, when you're ducking uh, shells from enemy uh, from enemy fire. But the Putinoids, you know, the Putinoids and Biden agree on this. It's the most amazing thing, isn't it? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, it's a pleasure to have Harriet Hegeman with me uh, this evening. She's running in the Republican primary in Wyoming against Liz Cheney. How are you, Harriet? I am wonderful, Mark. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. I'll do better if you actually win that primary. When is the primary again? It is August 16th, and early voting starts on July 1. When's the last time uh, Cheney was in Wyoming for, say, a three-day period? Does anybody even know? Oh, gosh, I don't know that anyone could identify a a period of time when Liz Cheney would have been in Wyoming for three solid days. I I couldn't answer that question. I'm not sure anybody else could. What has she been doing lately, given the high rate of inflation and fuel? Wyoming is an awfully big state, so people need a lot of fuel. What has she been doing lately to try and help out the people of Wyoming? Do you know? Absolutely nothing. The only thing that she's been doing lately is pursuing a political vendetta against President Trump and helping the Democrats to deflect attention 
from the disastrous policies of this administration and Nancy Pelosi. And it's not just that it's a big state. We're one of the largest oil and gas producers in the nation. We're the largest coal producer in the nation. Uh, fossil fuels are absolutely critically important to our ability to provide services. Uh, they, they provide good paying jobs. She's done nothing for Wyoming. She's focusing on the swamp issues in Washington, D.C. And that's a big deal. You're not California with 1,200 representatives. You know, you need your representative to actually say something. And she's spending all this time on this cockamamie committee appointed by Nancy Pelosi. Are you well, concerned Martin, about... Go, all... one... go ahead, I'm sorry. And I and I'd go even one step further. I think that she's actually muted uh, uh, from being able to say anything because she's so aligned with the Democrats right now, she can't come out and criticize Joe Biden or come mm-hmm. out and attack him for what he's doing to our country and to our state. She's so deeply embedded with them, she has to stay aligned with them. She works with them every single day. So she's actually picked which which side she's on, and it's not ours. Mm-hmm. And um, why did she get elected in the first place? Was it basically because of her name? I mean, she has spent most of her career and life in and around Washington, D.C., and is that what she hopes will carry her through again? I think so. And I think that that is what happened. Uh, I think that's clearly what happened is her name. She came back here and she's articulate. You know, she's, she can sell a, a, a good uh, a good story. But one of the things that you realize about Liz Cheney is that Liz always very much limits her interaction with people on the campaign. Always has. So in contrast, I do two, two and a half hour town halls where I will do an opening statement, give some information about my background, and I'll answer right questions for two hours. Uh, Liz Cheney has never campaigned that way. What she'll do is she comes in, visits with a few people, she'll talk for maybe 15 minutes, and then they'll say, well, we've got another event, we've got to get on from here. Or she will only go to a home where there are two or three or four people, maybe five people. She only exposes herself in a very controlled way, and she's always done that. But she'll when she does come to the state, she'll go to the to the radio station or she'll go to the TV station and make it appear that she's out meeting with voters and she's out at town halls and she's out having roundtable discussions. And, oh, I was just meeting with some constituents yesterday and I was just talking to the people in in Casper last week and makes it sound and, and kind of does. It's almost a bait and switch. It, it, it is. A, it's an appearance of her being here, but it's not the reality of her being here. Now, she had a hate on for Donald Trump long before January 6th, didn't she? She uh, any, any rumor about him, she would embrace. And I think the Republican Party, even before this committee, had enough of her, which is why they voted her out of the leadership position. I don't ever remember that happening. I mean, this is not pretty much the case. She just has had a hate on and never Trumper since day one. You know, it's interesting, and and she tries to embrace being a conservative, and people will say, well, she voted with President Trump 92% of the time. But the things that really counted were the things that she opposed him and she opposed him hard on. So where I started really questioning what was going on with Liz Cheney was about six months before the November 2020 election, when she came out and embraced the idea uh, that there were uh, uh, Russian bounties on our on our soldiers in Afghanistan. Now, that story was eventually debunked, uh, which most of the allegations and accusations against President Trump are. By that time, most of us recognized that whatever story the press was peddling, all you needed to do was wait a week, 10 days, seven days, four days, whatever it was, 
and it would be proven to be uh, untrue. They did it over and over and over again. Now, the Russian collusion narrative took longer to debunk, but a lot of the other things, truly, it was a matter of a news cycle. And then we were like, oh, yeah, that was just another lie. And she knew that, too. But she came out and embraced that and attacked him in a way that was very, very aggressive. And I thought very much directed at that 2020 election. And I started really questioning what she was doing. I just never had an opportunity to ask her about it because she doesn't come back to Wyoming to talk to her constituents. So there were some things that absolutely she has had some uh, a real challenge to President Trump for a long time, even before the 2020 election. How's your reception in Wyoming as taking on uh, Liz Cheney at the grassroots level? Oh, my gosh, Mark, you cannot believe the reaction that we're having here in Wyoming. We had Donald Trump Jr. here last night and this morning. We had an event at 9 o'clock on a weekday in a town of 650 people. There were 200 people that showed up and stayed for an hour and a half. Wow. I mean, it has been rocking and rolling. Our signs all over the state, uh, people in the restaurants that we're interacting with and meeting with, people are so incredibly excited about the election. We have more volunteers. You can't even believe the number of volunteers that we have, the number of people who are walking doors, the number of people who are out there. They want to buy radio advertisements. They're just doing everything they can. They drive around their communities with our signs on top of their cars. Um, I mean, the excitement and the, the people have just really embraced us and embraced the message that we're presenting, the message of hope and excitement, uh, all of the things that are happening in Wyoming. It is just, it's been an incredible spring and people are really, really, really higher, uh, excited for us. And people, anybody who wants to go and learn more about me, uh, make donations. She's got a $7 million war chest and that sort of thing. But they can go to HegemanForWyoming.com. They can learn more. They can see our writings. They can uh, listen to our interviews with you. Every time I'm on your program, Mark, you cannot believe the reaction I get. Everybody in this state loves you. They know that you are a constitutional scholar. They have so much respect for you. And when I'm on your program... I probably get more comments than almost anything else. So I, I still appreciate you giving me the opportunity to visit with you. You're very kind. Maybe I'll move there if you get elected. You never know. And <laughs> by the way, love that's to have you. Well, I've never been there. I should go there. It's H A G E M M A N for Wyoming dot com, America. That's H A G E M A N for Wyoming dot com. So if people yes. want to help with money or help volunteers and so forth and so on seven million dollars in a state like wyoming she's getting a lot of big time outside money establishment money isn't she well i i think that this last since i got into this race less than three percent of her money has come from folks in the state of wyoming so that gives you an idea. She's aligned with the Mitt Romney side of the uh, of the crowd. She's aligned. I always refer to them as the manage the decline party. She's part of the manage the decline party. They're just managing the decline. They're being very pleasant about it, and they're and they're nice when they say hello to you and things like that. But really, what they're doing is managing the decline of this country. You know, when the when, when the Democrats take the steps that they do that create the horrific inflation that we're seeing, uh, the the problem with our our border, the the illegal immigration on the border, flooding of our country with fentanyl. They are all very pleasant when they talk about those things, but they really don't do very much against the Democrats to fight back against. And the people in the uh, the people out here are fed up. 
They are fed up with the policies. They're fed up with what they're doing. And they're fed up with people like Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney. Well, I have endorsed you strongly. I think you'd be a fantastic congressperson, especially for Wyoming. And we need you in the country. That's HagemanForWyoming.com. Please vote for her. And God bless you. We'll probably have you back before August. Take care of yourself. I, I hope so, Mark. Thank you so much. You bet. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. When Mark Levin speaks, the backbenchers take notes. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Let's go to Michael, Los Angeles, California, XM Satellite, Michael, California, where the price averages $6.60 a gallon, I'm told. Go right ahead. Yeah, I Mark. Love the show. Catch you whenever I can. Yeah, I live in Ridgecrest, California, which is 150 miles north of Los Angeles. But anyway, I was on a vacation going down, driving down to Mexico. And on my way, I have to pass through two border towns. On this side, it's Calexico. On the other side, it's Mexicali. The price in Calexico was about six and a quarter. And the price in Mexicali was about three seventy-five, mm. and allowing for seventy-five cents in taxes, which they don't charge in Mexico, that leaves about a dollar seventy-five discrepancy. And I'm wondering what you think about that. Could well, first of all, here's what I think about it: that this whole notion that prices are where they are in the United States because of Vladimir Putin is a lie. That's number one. Number two, I suspect that they don't have the kinds of taxes and regulations in Mexico on the oil industry or the provision of oil that we have in our states and in the United States. Remember, they get whacked by states, they get whacked by localities, and they get whacked by the feds, and it's all passed on to us. 
The idea that you can pay less in Mexico than in the United States when we were energy independent just 18 months ago is really appalling. Absolutely appalling. So that's what I think of it. It demonstrates the lie of the argument by the Putinoids who say, you know, if we wouldn't put sanctions on Putin, the price wouldn't be so high. So not only do they oppose providing arms to the Ukrainians, they oppose sanctions on the Russians who are slaughtering the Ukrainians. And when they're done, they intend to move through Ukraine into the Eastern Bloc. That's what Putin wrote, effectively. So now for them, even sanctions are too much. But it has nothing to do with Putin. Your example proves it. It has everything to do with Biden, the Democrats, and what they're doing to our economic system here. Go ahead. Yeah, that sounds very plausible. Yeah, they probably don't have all the regulations that we do, and uh, uh, they certainly don't have the taxes on every gallon of gas that they pump. Now, keep something in mind. There's federal taxes. You have state taxes. Then you have all kinds of regulatory taxes. Ask the truck drivers how much in taxes they have to pay to, to move from one part of the country to another, to just move the fuel. It is endless. And it is repetitive, taxing the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, but a lot of it's hidden. And that's what I'm talking about when it comes to the, uh, uh, when it comes to the, what the, the government does to these companies and so forth that are passed on to us. All right, Michael, thanks for your call, my friend. Appreciate it. Let's keep going. Sandy, Pueblo, Colorado, the great KVOR. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. I um, I can't even watch the news anymore because the sight of I can't even stand the sight of Biden. But I heard him on a new news clip yelling at us like we were idiots and income poops, and it really frothed me and then got me to thinking that kids learn from their parents. They learn everything from their parents. And in my opinion, the Democrat left-wing green fanatics need to put their money where their mouths are and just convert the entirety of Washington, D.C. to solar and wind, the White House, the Pentagon, all the federal buildings, all businesses and residences requiring all the residents to convert to electric vehicles, the public, public transit system, buses, L's, or subways, or whatever they have there. And then even the military, the war vehicles, warplanes, jets, ships and subs, just show us people how easy it is, how economical it is, because the savings will justify the initial expenditure very quickly, right? Then, when the entirety of America can see how easy it is, we'll all fall in line yeah. and implement these green changes. And and it just makes me mad. Our leaders, our politicians, our reps should have been demanding that Biden keep our energy independence until Washington, D.C. is green. And I don't know why no one has made this demand. Well, you can so, make the demand. They're certainly not going to do it. Because Washington, D.C. doesn't create anything except redistribution of wealth, a welfare state, taxes, regulations, and poverty. That's all. So they don't know how to do anything. They're relying on the very private sector that they destroy. That's number one. Number two, there is no transition guidelines or blueprint for anything. They just feel if they destroy enough of the economy, if they destroy enough of the middle class, 
And they keep talking about Green New Deal and clean energy and the oil companies are standing in the way. Then they'll be able to have enormous power in the federal government. They'll be able to have enormous power over the economy as we all get poor and poor and poor. They take no responsibility, no responsibility for the anarchy, for the poverty, for the economic dislocation that they create. None. I mean, they were proud of it before, remember? They were going to drive up the cost of electricity and gasoline, and that's how we'll move into a new economy. You're talking about Obama, community activist, who doesn't know how to sharpen a pencil. You're talking about Biden, who they won't allow to even handle a sharp pencil, just in case. You're talking about people who know nothing about the private sector. Zippo, except that they hate it. Thank you for your call, Sandy. I appreciate it. They don't know how pencils made. We've done that before. Mr. Peter, do we have that somewhere? Let's see if we can find it. Let's take another call here, shall we? Yes, yes, yes. Dean in New York, the Mark Levin app. Utica, New York. Go right ahead. Hello. Hello, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate yes, it. I appreciate everything you do. Um, everything? I th- you know, well, thank you. <laughs> everything. But Biden, you know... I. I, I respect the presidency, you know, but it hurts, you know, me to say bad things about him, you know, and all that, but he shouldn't be yelling. I mean, other children hear that and then they ended up yelling, you know, but also regarding well, the he's yelling cars, at the American people. What, what kind of a president starts yelling at the American people? Don't tell me this. And the, it's like he's absolutely lost it all. Whatever little wits he had left. He talks down to everybody like it doesn't make any sense, you know, and then he wants everyone to go on to electric cars. They know that they know that they can't populate the world at all electric cars and all that. They know it's impossible. All they got to do is say a nice, hey, get an electric car, it'll help out. You know what I mean? But no, that ain't going to happen. No, he's got an iron fist. You know, he's not going to use a mitten. All right, my friend, appreciate your call, Dean. You sound like a very, very kind man. Thank you. Let's go to Blake, Fresno, California, XM Satellite, as we move from one end of the country to the other. Go right ahead. We're, we're on the crazy side of the country now. Um, yeah. I just wanted to bring up, when they, when they talk about this clean energy, whatever the, it is that they imagine, when, when they talk about this, they still have this massive need to spread energy across the country. And so to do to, to make their dream come true, they have to cut down a bunch of trees for power poles, boil them in oil to pressure treat them. If they want to do underground infrastructure, that requires PVC conduit, which is made out of petro pearls. Um, and even the steel for steel power poles and the steel lines, that's coal. It's coal and iron ore that's melted together to make your steel. So everything that they want to do requires oil lumber mm-hmm. and coal in every and rubber and then if you want to go throw rubber on there for the tires for their heavy vehicles that they want to roll around that cause the tires to wear faster rubber you know every every single thing you that really know do, this stuff. what do you do I'm, uh, I'm i'm in the steel trade i uh, I, I i do steel sales i well I'm, if you're I, in the steel I, trade i have a question for you when they make plates to go in the heads of a Democrat, what material is made out of them? They make those plates. <laughs> uh, I, I believe it comes from the rear end of a cow. 
There you go. You know. All right, Blake. Thanks for your call. I will be right back. Mark Lovin. There have been 23 pro-life organizations vandalized, firebombed, or otherwise attacked by pro-abortion activists in recent weeks. 23. You haven't heard the Attorney General say anything. You haven't heard the President say anything. And you haven't heard anything but the conservative media say anything. In addition to a threat on the life of a Supreme Court justice appointed by Trump. But let's talk about January 6th over and over and over and over again on national TV. Pro-life organizations literally, physically, violently being attacked across the country. Are they investigating certain groups behind it? They're not arresting people on the, in the front of the homes and around the neighborhoods of these justices. I'm telling you, this is just so completely out of control. I want to go to Donna, Washington, Pennsylvania, XM Satellite. Donna, how are you? Mm, yellow, yellow. Well, Mr. Call Screener, I don't hear Donna. I'm good. All right, Donna, what's cooking? Well, I just said tonight we were out for um, our dinner, and it's 93 degrees in Pittsburgh, which is not unusual sometimes of the year. And all of a sudden, it's so hot in the restaurant, and all of the manager can say to us is, is that, well, it's so hot out, and it, it's just the air conditioner can't keep up. And I, I believe that the rolling brownouts and blackouts, I think they're trying to make sure we get used to this because they've been telling us it's coming and we felt it tonight. Well, Full here's blood. the thing. If there was a rolling brownout or blackout, but it would affect more than one building, though. So yeah. it, could, it could honestly be that his system can't handle it and that uh, they can't afford to do a damn thing about it. Yeah, well, All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Bill, Sacramento, California, listening on the KSFO station or thereabouts. Go ahead, Bill. Ooh, we have these delays yeah, here. How are you, Bill? Go yeah, ahead, Duke. Bill. What, Duke? Duke. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, I'm Duke. How you doing? <laughs> hey, Duke. Yeah. My name is Duke from Sacramento. Oh, you're Duke from Sacramento. Yeah. Well, I don't know how we got Bill from Sacramento. Duke, how may I help you? <laughs> hey, Mark, uh, I was talking to the garbage man. Uh, it, was, it was garbage day uh, yesterday. Right. Uh, they want to start doing uh, electric garbage trucks. <laughs> and he, have, you, have you ever noticed a garbage truck, Mark, all of the workings on a garbage truck? Uh, kind of like a lot. pencil. Yeah. A whole lot. And this guy was laughing. He was just, he said, there is, there, they can't make enough batteries to run a garbage truck. Just one garbage truck. They'd have mm -hmm. to be charging them up, uh, you know, 30 times a day just to get from one, one end of the street to the next. So stupid. It's, it's just ridiculous. I, I, I mean, just to get the, just, just the power to the, the, the hydraulics. 
No, yeah, well, maybe they talking. ought to put uh, Biden's uh, limo, which is heavy like a Sherman tank. Maybe they'd uh, try that, put an electric, uh, make that an electric vehicle, and start there before they do the uh, the trucks. Seriously. Yeah. Why not? Let him show by example. Yep. Yes. And while yes. we're at it, he can wear battery-operated socks to stay warm. He can wear a uh, propeller on his head uh, when he gets hot, uh, you know, like one of those little solar propellers. You know, do, do what he needs to do. Walk around in, uh, in, uh, in, in Bermuda shorts all the time. And then uh, put pads on the walls so, you know, he doesn't hurt himself. All right, Duke, thank you for your call. How'd you get Bill from Duke anyway, guys? I don't know. It's happy hour. Luis, Little Rock, Arkansas, the great K-A-R-N, home of the great Tom Cotton. Go ahead. Thank you, Mark. You got it. I, I, feel, I feel that the Mexicans are not the evil people. Biden and the Democrat politicians. Well, hold on. Who said are, they were? Well, wait, wait. Uh, uh, Biden and the Democrats are the evil people because they are ignoring the immigration laws of this country. And not only that, but That's they invited true. and facilitated the immigrants to break our laws. That's true, too. And not just from Mexico, even though people are coming through Mexico, from all over the world, from other continents, people are coming here. And Biden won't even go to the border to look at his handiwork. He'll fly all the way to Saudi Arabia, pretend he's not going there to beg them for oil, for oil rather. And here we have border crises. He won't go. Uh, The vice president won't go. Eva Pelosi won't go. Schumer, none of them are going. What happened to all those caged children? What happened to all the sex trafficking? The fentanyl, all the rest. Don't they want to see with their own their own three eyes? Thank you for your call, my friend. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker friends, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine who are under assault. And I will see you tomorrow. Be well and God bless.